Welcome to Elevate, the masterclass where we dissect the elements of exceptional achievement and lifestyle design with a focus on personal growth and real estate investing. Now, here's your host, Tyler Chesser. Elevate Nation, welcome back. This is Tyler Chesser. I'm so thankful to have you here. And I am blessed and grateful to be sitting with Isaac Adai today. An individual, let me just tell you, who is really, really going to change the paradigm of the way you think, the way that you treat other people, and the way that other people treat you, and the way that you change your life. Let me just tell you, we're going to talk about how to get more freedom in your life from being compassionate and from empathizing with others and really treating that central piece of real estate, which is people and really allowing that to allow your life and your business to expand beyond your wildest dreams. Today is an incredible episode. You're gonna learn so much. I just wanna encourage you to buckle up and get ready because today we're gonna to take it to another level. I wanna welcome you back to the show where we sit down for mind-expanding conversations with influential authorities in real estate, as well as top experts in other industries and disciplines. This is for high-performing real estate investors who have a burning desire and who want to be even higher performing. It is our mission to identify and apply how the best of the best raise the bar personally and professionally to achieve greatness in real estate and beyond. Of course, today, here's what's going to happen. We are going to distill the mindset, the habits, the routines, the systems, the tools, the strategies from an individual like Isaac Adai, who is an immigrant and who is really showing us a new paradigm that maybe many of us can or cannot relate to. And it's going to open up our perspective and shift our life in so many different directions. It's going to shift so many people's lives in so many different directions for the better. And let me just tell you, you are going to be inspired today. You will push farther beyond your comfort zone today. You will go beyond your wildest dreams and you will get closer to your purpose by listening to this episode today. So I just want to encourage you. I want to invite you to really enjoy this conversation. This is a masterclass for leaders and those looking to achieve uncommon results and purposeful outcomes through personal growth, real estate investing, other ventures, and most importantly, and ultimately in their lives. If you are enjoying Elevate, we just want to thank you. I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart because of course, this is a passion project. This is something that we love. I love my team loves. And I think we're changing the world one episode at a time. And I just want to welcome you back to listening to Elevate. And I want to encourage you, if you haven't done so already, go ahead and subscribe and follow Elevate. And go ahead and give us a rating and review because it is helpful for us as we encourage more amazing individuals like Isaac to share their story and to share their insights on how we can change the paradigm of our future. And so if you are enjoying, of course, share this with a friend, pay it forward. That's the fee for being here. It's 100% free. The only thing that we ask is that you share this with a colleague, someone that you care about, whether it's a family member, a friend, someone that you work with, your business partner, share this episode, share this podcast, because we are bringing the heat and we love you. We appreciate you. And so with all that said, I want to encourage you to go ahead and do that. And I want to welcome you to this episode with Isaac Adai, who is an award-winning professor, speaker, and strategist. He is an assistant professor of management in the Tennessee State University College of Business in Nashville. He also serves as the chief strategy officer for Pivot Technology School, where he fosters relationships to further the organization's mission of training minorities for technology careers and as a founder and chief executive officer of Adai and Company, a boutique strategic solutions firm. 
Isaac received a BS in electrical engineering and an MS in systems engineering at Tennessee State University and is currently a management PhD candidate in the Morgan State University Earl G. Graves School of Business and Management in Baltimore, Maryland. And in summer 2021, Isaac will release his first book, Black Boy Fly, Embracing My Ancestry, Blackness, and Purpose in the African Diaspora. I hope I said that right, my friend. And without further ado, I want to welcome you to this incredible, inspiring conversation with Isaac Adai. Isaac Adai, my friend, how are you? Doing well. How are you? I'm wonderful. Thank you so much for joining me. It was really, really refreshing to have our first conversation. I feel like we were kindred spirits from like the minute we started talking to each other. And uh, I don't know if that resonates with you or not, Isaac. No, it, it does. It does. I'm, I've been really looking forward to this interview because when we first connected, I thought, man, this is a guy I can hang out with. <laughs> I don't know if he golfs or drinks or whatnot, <laughs> but we could do all that. <laughs> <laughs> I love that, man. I, I would do it with you for sure. Uh, I, I will tell you, I'm, I am a golfer, but not a good golfer. So hopefully that doesn't matter to you, but, uh, well, I'm terrible. So we could have fun <laughs> hacking it together. <laughs> so we probably shouldn't be on the same team. Then we should like, we should hang out on the golf course, but right. you're on the other team. Right. <laughs> right. Right. I don't think well, the look, team can handle two of me. <laughs> I, look, if it works for you, you we can just do the driver range <laughs> <laughs> i love that i love that isaac so we you and i really got to know each other but i want to introduce you to elevate nation i really want to bring you full circle and really be a part of this community because you have such a great story and you're such an amazing individual so if you were to Thank describe you. yourself uh in the way that you know the people that know you most or the or the closest whether they're your friends your family members how would they describe isaac a day you know what? It's, it's, it's interesting that you asked this question because earlier this year, I did one of those self-development exercises where I got out on social media and I asked my folks on my network to give me one word that they would think best describes me. And I was blown away, Tyler, because everybody said driven. And I just did not think that that was the word that was going to come back. I mean, 95% of the responses were driven, driven, driven. And then and there was a couple other things sprinkled in there. And so I think that's how people see me. And it does adequately define who I am very accurately. I just didn't know that that's what I portray to the world. But I, I do see myself to be a very driven individual. But beyond that, I'm a very compassionate individual. I'm a bridge builder. I'm a connector. I want to see people and organizations live out their best reach their full potential in whatever way that looks like. So that's probably how I would best describe me. So where does that drive come from? Because if you intimately know yourself as driven and you're authentic to the world and the world knows you as authentic, uh, authentically driven, where does that drive come from? I can tell you exactly where it comes from. And I figured it out when I was a kid. So I'm a first generation American. My parents are immigrants from Ghana, West Africa. And I'm the first person in my family born outside of that context. I'm their first experiment of sorts, right? So far, so good, I think. <laughs> so when I travel back to Ghana as a kid, I realized something. You know, my family came from a very impoverished background, and I easily could have been born in that same dynamic. But I was given an opportunity to be born here and have all the opportunities that come with it. And that just created this insane drive. It's almost like I was the chosen one of sorts. I know that sounds like the matrix, but 
you know, it's like I was the one that was able to get here because my parents made the journey and, and I've had this great life. And I don't take that for granted. And I feel like because I'm being blessed with that opportunity, I've got to maximize it and I've got to reach my full potential. So that drive really comes from a place of understanding my ancestry and my culture and the improbable nature of me being born in the United States. Yeah, talk to me a little bit about that upbringing, obviously being a first generation immigrant. It's obviously, I would imagine a very unique perspective in comparison to many of the other listeners here. But yeah, could you talk a little bit about your upbringing and what that was like for you? Sure, sure. I don't mind. You know, what I tell people, Tyler, is that I lived in an African household that was embedded in a black community. I grew up in the South in Mississippi and Arkansas, predominantly black communities. So at home, everything was Ghanaian, right? The food, the language, the music, the culture. And then the moment I stepped outside of the house, it's America and specifically black America. And so, man, it was tough growing up because I had to navigate those two worlds with little familiarity with either, right? I wasn't born and raised in Ghana. So all I knew was what my parents talked about until I traveled there when I was nine. And because I had the home environment that was grounded in Ghanaian culture, I didn't get what it really meant to be black. So I'm hanging out with black kids, but I don't hear the music that they're, that they listen to. I don't hear what they talk about at home. So man, it's just, it's, it's been strange, but what I've been able to do is to take the best of both worlds and channel that into the life that I have today. And that, that's some of what I'm going to be explaining in my book, which I know we'll get to at some point. Yeah, I'm looking forward to talking about that. But I would imagine and I I would imagine we'll learn this from your book as well, is that in that unique upbringing that there was many gifts and right many, many attributes and skills that you developed through that experience and being almost like between two worlds. Could you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, yeah. It's it's like being on an island and living on that island and nobody really can relate to you except other kids that are like you from immigrant backgrounds. So the kids that I hung out with other first generation American kids like Mitchell Kadayama was a kid I hung out with his dad and mom were from Japan. He got me, but we weren't, I wasn't Japanese. He wasn't gotten in, but we understood the struggle. Um, some of the gifts that came out of it, Tyler was the ability to go into any environment and relate to people. I had to develop that skill set because I always felt like an, inst- like an outsider. So I had to learn how to connect to people or how to endear myself to people. And that's something that I've really been able to hone as a competitive edge as an adult. I can go into any environment and find a way to disarm and connect and build a relationship. And that's just because I had to learn that as a survival tactic as a kid. And and your parents don't know what you're going through and the community doesn't understand it, but you're always kind of just on the outskirts trying to find your way in. And so that was a gift that I developed. Um, I think another thing too, the compassionate heart that I have grew out of that because I was able to look at people in a different way and and empathize with what they were struggling with because I, I felt like nobody did that for me. I didn't feel as though people empathize with my cultural background and my perspective. You know, I was teased a lot. There was a lot of bullying around, well, you're African or you're not really black. All of that channeled, you know, I channeled that energy into me just becoming a very compassionate person and treating everybody that I meet with kindness and with respect. So 
probably the two biggest gifts that I got out of my upbringing and childhood. Now that's beautiful. And I've never been asked that question before. <laughs> really interesting. Well, you know, I just find it to be beautiful and really, really interesting because not only, obviously, you could have taken that in a different direction, right? You could have been right. bitter. You could have been angry. And maybe at, right. at moments you felt angry, perhaps. I don't know. I mean, You know, one thing I'll say, and this is from my own experience, and I'd love to relate this back to you, is there was a point in time in my life where I lived in Hawaii. And I found oh, wow. myself to be uh, a, a minority on that island. Yeah. And it was interesting yeah. because it was a, an experience that now... I can look back and say, I can understand the empathy that is required, right? I can understand yes. the compassion that is required for folks who experience that because it was something that I experienced 24 seven while I lived there. And there it's go. something that you can't really understand until you're in that position. So is there anything that you would say to that, Isaac? Yeah, you know, my dissertation research that I'm finishing this summer is all about compassion and entrepreneurship and how we can be more compassionate. I advocate for a more compassionate world. Everybody is struggling with something. Everybody is suffering with some challenge, known or unknown to you. When you encounter a person, encounter that person and embrace them with compassion. I just feel like that's a default way that we should connect as human beings. I know it's not the easiest thing to do. We all have our challenges and our tough days, and I'm not always perfect at that, but that's really how I try to approach the world. Anybody that I work with, that I encounter, what are they struggling with? What may they, what may they be going through? How can I be supportive of that and be compassionate towards them? And what I found, Tyler, is that I'm often the first person that they've experienced that through because we just live in a rough and tough world. And so you know, that's, that's something that I thrive on. So what else would you suggest for folks who, you know, they, they hear you and maybe they understand what you're saying intellectually, but maybe we need to shift that to maybe they understand it more in their heart. Is there yeah. any, any tips or tricks that you may suggest for folks to really become more passionate or really to make that a, a larger part of the, of their identity? Yeah, sure. Sure. I think the best way to go about this is to put yourself in the shoes of that other person we don't often think about what someone else may be experiencing and how it may how it may feel if it were us i do that all the time i see a homeless guy or you know man or woman on the street i'm thinking man what is their life like and that envisioning process is what builds that compassion and empathy for that person we don't think about it like that though we just look at it and say someone's in a position because of their own doing well, let me think about what it feel, what it may feel like to be in that position. Wow, that doesn't feel too good. Yeah, let me not treat this person a certain way. Yeah. And I feel like that just creates a better life. You know, one of the things that I learned from a man named Joseph McClendon, I don't know if you're familiar with him, but he's actually, he's like one of Tony Robbins, like right-hand man. Gotcha. And, and he's an amazing individual, but it's so funny because he actually now works with Tony Robbins and puts on some of his biggest conferences with him around the world. And he got there because he was really uh, he, he was a he was a participant in the conferences. But anyway, the reason why I bring him up is because what he taught me is that if you can walk down the street and you see someone who, you know, maybe you feel like maybe they're maybe they're a homeless individual like you were just talking about. And maybe your first inclination is, oh, I can't believe, you know, maybe they they what did they do to get there? Right. But maybe right. you can shift that by sending love and just thinking or feeling, hey, I love you. I mean, yeah. how crazy is that? And that was a that was a feeling 
that in a, in a, in intuition that now I try to channel as much as possible, but it's amazing. You know, people will naturally smile back at you and it's amazing the quality of life that you can create just with that feeling. Does that resonate with you, Isaac? It does, man. It does. And, and when you think about children, it's very natural for children, right? They're just very warm, very compassionate. Something happens with kids and they become very different. But if we can all think back to that childlike state where we're not looking at people through you know, a, a lens of bias and a lens of stereotype, but more so as just a human being, I think we'll engage with each other in a very different way. And I think we'll have a very different world. The one lesson that I, I learned from my father out of the many that hits home to this point is he tells me stories about him being an immigrant and him having struggles living in the Boston area in the 70s. And he told me that he was dealing with a situation where he was potentially going to be deported. And the reason that he did not get deported was because the lady that worked the front desk at his dormitory was a person that he would stop and talk to every day. And he'd bring her candy and just do random stuff. And my dad's a charmer in that kind of, in that way. But when the immigration folks came looking for my father, they ran into this lady and she was like, he's the best student we have on campus. She spoke so highly of him. They were like, all right, we'll let him go. <laughs> <laughs> so there's so, more benefits to this then is what you're saying. Yeah, of course. I mean, when you treat people with kindness and respect, you're putting positive energy into the environment. And I find that energy that you put out always finds its way back to you. It's just, they call it karma, but you know. <laughs> okay, that that is really important. And I think that that's, a, you know, sometimes you have to speak to the folks who may be listening in a more selfish way, right? And you right. think about it in that capacity. And it's like, look, there are benefits, right? There are benefits yep. to acting in this capacity, because that energy will come back around. And if you don't believe that, just try it and watch it happen. So let's, I, I'd love to talk a little bit about, you know, what you've, you have become so passionate about, and you've become such an advocate mm -hmm. for is racial equity. And sure. I'd love for you to share some encouraging words with us, because obviously, over the past year, this has really been brought to the forefront yeah. of our society. Yeah. And we, it's been a big part of our conversation. So could you speak a little bit about that, Isaac, and, yeah, and what this yeah. means to you? Of course, I think this is a great topic. And empathy and compassion are front and center when we think about racial equity or the lack thereof in terms of compassion and, and empathy. You know, we're, we're at a, a fever pitch with what's happening in America it's not new. It's just that more people are paying attention and it's touched more hearts and it's pulled at more heartstrings. And in my work with consulting and organizations on this space or just leading conversations in this space, we're finding that people are becoming more successful at embracing diversity, equity, and inclusion perspectives when they're able to look at other people and think about them in a very humane way. Instead of focusing in on our differences, it's focusing in on our similarities, right? When you see me and when I see you, you know, I don't see a white guy uh, with a nice, you know, beard and goatee. <laughs> I see a, a, an entrepreneur and a, and a business person who just happens to be of Caucasian ancestry. I don't lead with that, you know, and I think in the world that we live in, we are leading with our differences. And when once we lead with our differences, we start to look at people as the other. And that's when we're not compassionate and we can't approach things from an empathetic lens versus that is just another 
human being who's going through some of the same challenges that I'm going through, let me approach any interaction with them from a place of empathy and compassion. So for anybody who was trying to make sense of this racial equity and racial justice conversation happening in America, doesn't matter your background, your gender, your ethnicity, just think about how we're all at the end of the day, human beings. And we're all people striving to get to a certain place, having overcome certain challenges that we presented along the way. We're really no different. And when we think about it like that, that gets us a step closer towards racial equity. I couldn't agree more. And, and thank you for the kind words, by the way, because I see you in the same way. I see you as a human being who's looking to contribute to other people, not only as a consultant, not only as an entrepreneur, not only as a professor, but so many different things. And, and I love the way that you mentioned focusing on our similarities rather than our differences. And yep. even if we were to focus on our differences, we can look at that as a beautiful thing, because in right. my opinion, diversity is amazing. And that's why I love yes. to have these wide ranging conversations on Elevate where high performing real estate investors can become even higher performing by opening their perspective, by widening their gaze and understanding that we're all different, but we're also all the same. Is there anything else that you would add to that? Yeah, sure. For anybody in real estate, I mean, your business, just the just the, the foundation of your business is, is people. You're providing housing for communities. Real estate is just, it's not just about properties and developments and you know, housing, it's about community. That's what real estate developers offer. And your industry, you know, more so than others, has the ability to cultivate these great environments that families can thrive and individuals can thrive. I mean, we see it happening here in Nashville, you see it in Louisville. And so when you're in this real estate space, just think about how much power you wield in terms of your ability to create community that's going to impact generations. Every kid remembers their childhood home and that village that was around them and the community that they grew up in and how they could go ride their bikes for miles or just whatever the case may be. That's what real estate professionals offer. And so your work is important and seeing the differences and seeing the similarities into, in terms of the communities that you serve, I think gives you an edge in terms of helping build these positive communities. I couldn't find really a more important discussion, especially for folks who are real estate entrepreneurs, because at the end of the day, yeah. as you mentioned, the core are people, the core to real estate is people, whether it's people that work on your team, or whether it's people that you're doing business with, or whether it's the residents right. or the tenants, you know, the occupants of properties, it's a people business. So how are you having perspective and compassion with someone else and appreciating the similarities as well as the differences? And I just think yes. that this is such a powerful conversation and one that we've got to take a step back on and say, well, how are we really showing up right now? Because if we want to see right. change in the world, Isaac, I don't know about you, but I, I believe it's about let's take a look in the mirror and recognize yeah. how are we showing up now and not saying, hey, I want to beat myself up because of some perspective right. that I've had before, maybe some judgment that I've had before and say, look, let's make a change now. Does that resonate with you? It does very much so. And I think that's what's happening in America right now. We're looking in the mirror as a nation and we're saying, wow, we don't really like what we see in this mirror. But guess what? We have all the tools available to change what we see and to make things look very different. We just got to put the intentionality behind it and get to work. And there's a lot of great folks moving on that right now. Your podcast is giving a voice to many people from many backgrounds to talk about this in real estate. 
We're seeing this happening across the spectrum. And I just encourage more people to look within your community, look within your realm of influence and think about what positive change or what positive energy you can put out there and get to work. Cause we need action now. I think we all know what needs to be done. It's just time to get to work. So if you're listening to this show and you look different than me, or you came from a different background than me or even Isaac, you know, I just want you to know on behalf of Isaac and myself, we love you. We're happy that yes. you're listening. We're happy that you're here. We're happy that you're here to learn because human beings are designed to learn. We're designed to grow. We're designed to expand, whether you're black, white, Indian, Asian, you name it. I mean, any ethnicity, we're all meant to continue to expand and to grow and to give more and to be more. And that's what Elevate's all about. So I just, I want to honor every single person that's listening here, no matter who you are, no matter what background you've come from. And so, you know, Isaac, one of the things that I know you're really passionate about is not only investing and serving in minority communities, but also celebrating black entrepreneurs. And talk to me a little yeah. bit about how you do that and what that's all about. Yeah, you know, the reason why I'm so big on celebrating black entrepreneurship is it, it comes back to my ancestry. When I go to Ghana, I see people that are what I consider to be the original entrepreneurs. They don't work in enterprises. They don't work in tall buildings. Everybody is running some type of micro business to sustain their family and sustain their needs. In America, entrepreneurship in the black community resembles what I've seen in Ghana. And there are opportunities to scale what's happening in minority communities in the US. And so I'm celebrating that through teaching, through consulting. Um, I created an effort in Nashville called Black Entrepreneurship Week in 2016 where we do this annual celebration in November on black entrepreneurs and bring resources together to help them elevate. Ultimately, I look at entrepreneurship in the black community as somewhat of a smoking gun solution to poverty, to, you know, economic progression, to unemployment. A lot of the issues that plague the black community can be solved through scaling black businesses. And that's why I spend so much of my energy talking about black entrepreneurship. I couldn't agree more about that, by the way. I think that opportunity is what can solve so many problems, right? And opportunity sure. starts with education, opening your mind, and then applying that education and going out and maybe taking a little bit of a, a chance, right? And yep. sometimes if we don't see that, it's hard for us to do that. And so I hope that this conversation is one piece of that opening for maybe some people to say, you know what, maybe now is my time that I can do this, right? Maybe I haven't seen someone that looks like myself do this. But what yeah. you're saying, Isaac, is that it is possible, right? Yeah, it is. There's a saying about children that what they see is what they will be. I think that applies to adults too. And when you think about minority communities, there aren't often many examples of what's possible. And so doing the work that I do is helping people see what's possible, right? I mean, even just your podcast alone, Tyler, you telling these stories and you bringing folks onto your platform is showing people what's possible. You know, 30 year old guys can make a lot of money in real estate. Probably, they probably didn't know that before, but they do now because of <laughs> Elevate, right? And so that's my, my focus is how can we show more people what's possible so that they then can shift the trajectory of their lives and their, their families' lives and future generations' lives through entrepreneurship. If you look at every meaningful trillion-dollar or billion-dollar business in America today, it started out in somebody's garage or in somebody's office or in somebody's backyard. So really the core of our capitalist system and the driver of our economic engine in America is entrepreneurship. 
Apple, Amazon, Exxon. I mean, I could go down the list. They all started as small startups. It's so beautiful. And it's really exciting too, because if I were to take a step back and kind of peer back into my life, you know, I started in the corporate world and there's a lot of yeah. politics involved in the corporate world. But when you're an entrepreneur now, obviously it's, it's can be more challenging in many different ways. But if you can overcome fear, if you can overcome discomfort, if you can really push through and commit yourself, no matter who you are, I believe that you can create something great and you can become wealthy. You can do amazing things in real estate or otherwise, if you really push through that, because we all have challenges. We all have extreme, especially I, I feel like we're on the forefront of, you know, the emotional toil as entrepreneurs. And one of the things that I know that you're really passionate about, Isaac, is really facing fear and overcoming it, whether you know, yeah. no matter who you are. So could you talk a little bit about that? Man, look, that has been the thing that I've struggled with. But every time I've won that battle, there's just been so many gifts and so much treasure on the other side of that fear. Fear is paralyzing for most people. And really, it's more about the lack of control. I think that's what fear is grounded in because you can't necessarily control what the outcome is. And so fear kicks in and you just don't make any movement, right? It's inaction. But anytime I've been able to overcome fear, it's been great. I mean, there was a lot of fear around me leaving my corporate engineering career behind and jumping into this academic world. And I went back and forth, man. But when I made the jump, it was an amazing experience, right? And so every time I've confronted fear, I've benefited from it. And ultimately, I think as human beings, we want freedom, right? Whether that, you know, may be financial freedom or it may be freedom in terms of how we spend our time with our family and whatnot. But fear is often what prevents us from getting to that place where we can have the freedom that we desire and, and deserve. And I think we all deserve to have freedom in whatever way it means for our lives. But sometimes we've got to push through fear to get to that freedom. Hey guys, just a quick word from our sponsor and we'll be right back to the show. This episode of Elevate is brought to you by CF Capital. And you know how much I love real estate and how it can be a vehicle towards creating any outcome that you want in your life, which is really why we created CF Capital, a real estate investment firm that focuses on acquiring and operating multifamily assets that provide stable cash flow, capital appreciation, and a margin of safety for our investors, for our partners, and for the people that we serve. Our team leverages its expertise in acquisitions and management to provide investors like you with superior risk-adjusted returns while placing a premium on preserving capital. Our mission is to provide property investment and asset management solutions to help investors maximize their returns by investing in high-value multifamily communities. Our philosophy is that we can elevate communities together through this process. And I want to invite you to go check out cfcapllc.com because we have a free ebook that's called The Bottom Line, The 10 Ways to Increase Cash Flow in an Apartment Complex. And I want to tell you that this is a value-packed ebook. So I want to, want to invite you to go check that out right now at cfcapllc.com. I think you're going to get a ton of value just from reading this, whether you apply it to your own business or whether you educate yourself further on what it would look like if you invested with CF Capital. So go check that out at cfcapllc.com. Again, that's cfcapllc.com. And enjoy the rest of the show. Have you ever heard the saying, inch by inch is a cinch, yard by yard is hard? Have you ever heard that, Isaac? Nah, but I like that. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> is the that reason your why, quote? 
Yeah, well, it's it's not directly my quote, but I heard that recently, and it really, really resonated with me because you were talking about fear as a lack of control. It's almost like we feel like we have no control, right? We have yeah. a lack of control. And what I have found personally, and I'd love to know if this resonates with you as well, Isaac, is that when I feel fearful, it's what's one little thing that I can do? What's one little yeah. thing that I can do to move in the direction that I want to go and focusing on the outcome rather than the task, but also taking action on maybe maybe it's something really, really small. But does that resonate with you? Yeah, it does. It does. I mean, look, the mind plays some serious tricks on you. And sometimes that thing that you're so afraid of, when you get on the other side of it, you actually are ashamed of yourself that you were even afraid of it to begin with, right? I mean, I watch my kids, a bee rolls around and their whole world shuts down. <laughs> and it's like, that bee is not even thinking about you. But there's just in their mind, some fear associated with that, maybe because they're cartoons or something. I don't know. It's, it's psychological. But once you're able to break through it's great, but breaking through is tough. And so, yes, to your point, taking a small step toward that particular goal helps. So for me, you know, I was thinking about this change from one career to the next. I said, you know what, I'm going to just, I'm going to register for a GMAT course because I went to a business a PhD program and I took the GMAT class. Okay, you know what, I, I might actually can tackle this. I'm going to go to some workshops about getting, you know, my application together one step at a time, that ball gets rolling and then there's no turning back. And so what me and my friends say is you got to get out of your own way because sometimes fear is grounded in the illusion, you know, of control or lack thereof or some trauma that you experienced in the past or just who knows, man, it's all up here. When you're able to break through your whole life changes, but I've seen so many people with power that they're just afraid to wield and because of that, they're never free and they, 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 they live a trapped life. And, you know, I don't want to see anybody that I love live in that way. And I encourage everybody around me to think about what does freedom look like for you? What fear is standing in the way? How can we get past that fear so you can get to that freedom? Yeah. And I believe that all human beings are designed for expansion, right? And yeah, the, yeah. you know, we're, we're always making a decision between either expansion or contraction. And so the question is for all of us, it's, am I making a decision based on an expanded view of myself or a contracted view of myself? And what is that because of, is it because of some fear? And if not, you know, what type of courage do we need to step into? And one of the yeah. things I, I really admire about you, Isaac, is that you're courageous. Is there any practical tips that you would suggest <laughs> for Elevate Nation to be more courageous? Man, you know, I've, it's a skill that I've had to develop, but I'll honestly say it goes back to my childhood being that immigrant kid, you know what I mean? You're put in situations where you just got to figure it out. And so you either sink or swim. Um, what I would tell anybody, I tell young people today that I teach in the classroom is think about what you want your life to look like. Think about what skills and, and gifts and talents that you've been blessed with, right? Put those together, develop a picture for what you want, and then develop a plan. Now, fear is always going to be in the way, right? But when you think about the courage, it's not about let me just do this because it's courageous. No, it's let me do this because on the other side of it is the life that I deserve and it's happiness or it's me being able to live out my passion. Um, when I was younger, I didn't know that. I was just trying to survive. As an adult, I've realized that, you know, if I'm not embracing courage, I'm not living my life to the fullest. 
I'm living a contracted version of myself, as you said, right? And so the courage piece is hard, but for anybody that's struggling with it, whatever you may be thinking is the worst outcome is likely not to happen. <laughs> but that worst outcome is what you carry with you and that sometimes can paralyze you. But think about whatever is the worst thing that can happen to you by making that decision, right? For me, it was, man, if I leave engineering and I go to this academic path, what if I fail? Well, I got two engineering degrees. I can always get another engineering job. So I had to kind of shift the way that I looked at that failure and flip it on this head. It's not that big of a deal. But when I was letting it dominate my thoughts, it paralyzed me. But ultimately, inaction, you know, is to your detriment. And anybody that's embraced courage has won, even if they've lost along the way, ultimately, they've won. That is incredible. And I just think about, you know, an enemy that hides in plain sight is right. so much less powerful than an enemy that is hidden from our sight. And you think about that. And, and what I'm really saying there is when you understand the worst that could happen, it, you know, it's not nearly as paralyzing as it is when you just feel right. that fear. Right. And, yep. and, and the calling card and the rule of thumb of saying, well, wait a minute, if I'm fearful, maybe this is a calling card for me to step beyond that fear to see the life of my dreams. Does that resonate yep. with you? Yeah, it does. It does. I mean, I, I think back to my childhood, I was I had this fear of water. I wasn't a swimming kid growing up. And so, man, I could just imagine being frozen at the, at the thought of jumping in. After you jump in, you realize what was I afraid of? <laughs> this is fun. This is a, a liberating experience. I'm going to jump again. But it's a muscle that we have to develop. And sometimes we can be socialized to embrace fear and let it control us. You know, maybe your family said, you shouldn't do that. Don't take that risk. Maybe your social circle says, nah, don't take that risk. Put yourself around people that are going to push you out of your comfort zone and put yourself in environments that are going to push you you know, to be uncomfortable, because I feel like that's where you thrive. Anytime you're in a space where you're good and you're comfortable, you're not thriving because you're not being pushed. The moment you get in an uncomfortable position, you're going to find your way out of that. That's just human nature. Yeah, absolutely. It's like when your back is against the wall, or at least for me, sometimes right. my back's against the wall. That's when I'm at my best because I have yes. no other option, right? Yeah. What other tips or strategies would you suggest for folks who want to live a life of more freedom? Yeah, you know, I think that the first thing is understanding that you deserve a life of freedom or that you deserve the life that you dream of, right? It's within your grasp. Many people don't believe that, Tyler. They think that that'll never happen for me. I'll never be able to do that. No, that's that's false. And someone's conditioned you to think that way. I really believe that what you put your mind to, you can go out and accomplish. It does take risk. It does take being courageous. It does take being okay with failing and maybe not hitting the mark 100% of the time, but you just got to keep going. And I think that's probably the story of my life. When I look back, I'll be 40 this summer. You're looking at a guy that just didn't stop, he just kept going, you know, changing careers, going through a divorce, being in a doctoral program and working a full time job, being a sole black engineer. Man, I've had my challenges just like the next person, but I never stopped. I just kept going. And I think the reason I kept going is because I just know that there's something bigger on the other side. 
Now, maybe I'll get there and I'll say, oh, wow, there's really nothing here. <laughs> but look, I'm locked into that dream <laughs> and I'm going to keep going until, you know, I take my last breath. Because, again, as I mentioned to you, me being born in this country is improbable. All of my cousins, everybody in my family, hundreds of folks are born in Ghana. I'm the first one that's born here in the land of opportunity. And I feel like that's just not a fluke. I was supposed to do something important with this particular opportunity. And that's, that just kind of explains me. Man, I tell you what, I feel like um, every listener who's listening to this right now, there's a purpose and a reason why you're understanding and hearing this story. And there's a purpose and a reason why you're listening to this episode right in this moment, because you're being called for something greater. You're being called to do something great with your life, whether it is in business or in making an impact in your community or just with one other person. What is that impact to you? You know what that is right now. So listen to that voice and take action because, man, today is what we have. Tomorrow's never promised, but go after it. And, and Isaac, you just inspire me so much. Talk to me a little <laughs> bit about Black Boy Fly and the book that's coming out and, yeah, and everything yeah. you're, you're Thanks, all about there. So, you know, in 2016, I was listening to a Kendrick Lamar album. He's one of my favorite rappers. And he has a song called Black Boy Fly. And it talks about these kids making it out of a tough uh, home environment, tough community and being successful. And I also think about Richard Wright, who's one of my favorite authors. And he has a story called Black Boy. So those two things inspired the title of my book, Black Boy Fly. The whole book is just about my journey through life and one where I discover my purpose while embracing my ancestry and my blackness. And that's it. And I say that because it's been hard to do, right? Embracing being black in America, especially from an immigrant perspective, has been challenging. Embracing being Ghanaian has been challenging. And then navigating those challenges and still being able to find my purpose and put myself on that path man, it's like a Rubik's cube, <laughs> but I feel like I've figured it out. And so the book is going to talk about these different phases of my life and what my experiences were. The, the immigrant story in America tends to be more about Latin Americans. Whenever you hear about immigrants today, we're typically talking about the Hispanic community or the Latinx community. There is a large African diaspora of people in America, and those stories don't really get told. And so I want to be able to tell that story in a vivid way and not just inspire other kids like me, but inspire people who want to know more about what it means to be bicultural, you know, what it means to be a black boy that's trying to fly towards his dreams. Man, that's amazing. I can't wait to read it myself. And you know what? We're all immigrants to a certain degree, right? Yeah, so you're right. That's that true. story resonates with everybody listening. Yep. Yep. If you go back two generations, you're an immigrant, <laughs> <laughs> right? Maybe three, you know what I mean? If you're listening to this podcast, you probably can't go back two generations without meeting someone who traveled to the US. So yes, we all come from a different background and a different ancestry, but we don't often know what those stories are. And so I wanted to tell my story in a way to inspire other people. You, you said something a few minutes ago that was beautiful and that we all have a purpose, right? Early on in life, I figured out that God created me to do something significant but he didn't tell me what it was. But he said, he told my mother through her dreams that your child, your firstborn child is going to be an important person one day. And so she's always said that. And so I've been on a journey to figure out what that thing is. And so I'll tell people this because I meet many people who are wanting to change their lives, but they're lonely or they're afraid or they're scared. You may not have anybody around you that's taken bold steps to get to the next place. 
But the reason you should do it is because you're going to inspire them. Also, energy attracts energy. So the moment you get moving towards your dreams, all that energy is going to find you. You're going to have the support system, the tribe, the community that you need to thrive. And you're going to become that centerpiece for other people. You know, Tyler, you worked in corporate and, and so did I. And when I was in business, people said, man, why are you going to leave? And then when I left, they hit me up. Man, you left. <laughs> wow. You inspire me. Oh, I didn't know that. So people are watching. And even though you, you may have folks that are detractors along the way, you may actually inspire them by making the moves that you should make. So keep going, keep pushing toward those dreams. And I, I just want to stack on this because this is so powerful because I know that there are some, there may be many listeners right now who are saying, I'm inspired, I'm ready to go. And there's this voice yeah. that says, but wait a minute, I don't have the resources. I don't yeah. have the money. I don't have the network. I don't have the reference point. I don't have the people around me who've shown me that this is possible. But just know that you've listened to this podcast and now you know you have that seed, that <laughs> idea that it is possible. And the greatest resource on planet Earth is resourcefulness. So how yes. resourceful can you be? What do you think about that, Isaac? You know, I love it. I tell my students and people that I work with all the time that relationships are, I think, the greatest form of currency besides time, right? Our time is valuable, but relationships matter. And if you have the right relationships, your life changes. So whatever you're getting ready to go and do next, you've got LinkedIn, you've got all these social media platforms, you can reach anybody in the world jump out there, find the folks that you need to make whatever you're trying to make happen and reach out. What I realized, not everybody actually shoots the shot to these big big time people. Um, and when I do it, they're surprised. Oh, wow, Isaac, thanks for reaching out because people don't typically do it. And they're always so helpful, but we put folks on such a high pedestal and we think that they're not normal. They're just like you and I, they just got a title. Shoot that shot make that happen. <laughs> and that resonates with me because I'm a huge basketball fan. But you know, gotcha. it's like Michael Jordan said, you know, you miss 100% of the shots you don't you take. Or, was that Michael Jordan? I don't know. That was somebody. I don't know. But yes, I've heard it. And it's a great saying. Yeah, if you don't shoot the shot, you definitely not you have no chance of making it. <laughs> Absolutely. And if you get rejected, that's your calling card to keep going, right? That's yep. every no is one step closer to a yes. So don't get, you know, discouraged if you get said no to it. Can you imagine how many times they said no to Steve Jobs when he right. wanted to create his amazing ideas to the world? And yeah. so it's the same thing with all of us. And Isaac, yeah. what an incredible conversation. Go ahead. <laughs> well, look, they fired Steve Jobs, if you remember, and they brought him back. So <laughs> That's exactly right. That's exactly yeah. right. So another great reference point for all of us in that rejection, even if that does occur, even if you shoot, guess what? Here's what you're saying. You shoot your shot and a lot of time you're going to be surprised that your shot's yes. going to go in and it's going to yeah. connect. And the people that yeah. you want to connect with are going to be receptive to that because the nicest people in the world are some of the most successful people in the world. And a lot of people don't realize that. And so I think for that's sure. a very, very powerful insight. But Isaac, oh my goodness, are you kidding me? This has been an amazing conversation. <laughs> I want to transfer into our rapid fire section. Yep. We call it the rare sure. air questionnaire. It's all about being uncommon. It's all about being bold and being courageous and stepping beyond fear to live a life of your dreams and really to go down that path and say, look, I don't know what I'm supposed to do, but I was told that I'm supposed to be great. And so I'm going right. to go out and I'm going to seek and I'm going to find that. And so Isaac, I'd love to know now being a prolific author yourself, if you had to yep. point to two or three of the most impactful books that you've read over the past few years, what would those be and why? 
So first book comes to mind is The Escape from Cubicle Nation by Pamela Slim. That book changed my life. I was working in corporate in a cubicle as an engineer, making good money, but not being fulfilled and trying to figure out what was next. That book helped me understand how I can think of myself entrepreneurially in terms of my skills and my talents and value add and what I can apply that to. So Escape from Cubicle Nation. It's an older book. It's great. Uh, Essentialism. Uh, Michael Keon, I think, is the author. That book taught me to focus on what really matters and how life is really just about the simple things. So essentialism. And then the third book, The Purpose Path, which I, I finished that one this year. Nick Pierce, a friend of mine, professor at Northwestern in Chicago, he wrote this book. And the whole central thesis is around finding courage to live the life of your dreams. He calls it vocational courage. And you asked about courage earlier. Many people don't have it. And so he challenges you to find that courage to put yourself on the path to get you toward your purpose. So those are the three books that stand out for me. Total game changers. Yeah, no, that's amazing. And and I just love books because they can be total game changers for your life, for your mindset, and for the people around you, as you've really yep. exhibited for us today is that you can be that domino, right? Maybe the dominoes yep. haven't fallen around you, but let your life be that domino. And it starts with input, right? It starts with listening sure. to conversations and engaging with conversations like this, but also reading. And so we'll put links in the show notes here to all of these books, as well as Black Boy Fly. And of course, Perfect. just recognize that discount code Elevate is available for <laughs> folks who want to order this book. Where do they need to go to do that, Isaac? Yeah, so the website is www.blackboyfly.club, C-L-U-B. And it's on pre-order right now. It's releasing on my 40th birthday, July 9th. So go ahead and pre-order. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, we're all going to wish you a happy collective birthday at that time. Thanks. And uh, man, I want to, I'd love to know what is the biggest way that you elevate your life on a daily basis, Isaac? Yeah, two things, positive thinking. Even when I have tough days and I have some very tough days and I find myself kind of going downhill, I try to pull myself out of that and say, hold up, hold up, man, look, you got a blessed life. Things are great. You're going through a tough period right now, but this is just temporary. So positive thinking, I call it positive reflexivity. I've read that somewhere, having a positive reflex. And then the other thing is meditating. I have the Calm app on my iPhone and my brain doesn't shut down ever. So meditating is a way for me to stop my thoughts, gather myself and kind of just let my brain go off into another world. And that helps center me. So those are, I think, my two you know, life hacks. <laughs> you know, I want to make a quick comment on that because you mentioned positive thinking or positive reflexivity. And you know what it yeah. really makes me think, Isaac, is you can actually train your brain to be more positive. It's not just, it obviously is not the default, right? It's not the right. default. Most of the time we're wired to be negative because that's what's helped us, you know, get to this point in society or in human history, right? That's what's yep. helped our, you know, our ancestors pass along our DNA is about being negative, but you can actually rewire yourself to be positive. And it's not necessarily about survival now, it's about thriving, right? And does that resonate right. with you? Yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, I know a lot of positive people. I also know a lot of negative people, too. And I think they both get a lot of practice <laughs> at being positive and being negative. You know, we can look at any situation that we're faced with as the worst thing that ever happened. But then the moment you experience other cultures and other contexts, you start to look at your life and your challenges is just very minuscule. And for me, 
travels to Ghana and seeing the, the, the context there in a very different life, in a very different world, it makes me think about what am I even complaining about? Mm. You know, when there are people around the world, my biggest issue today might be which project do I work on? Someone else's problem is, do I eat lunch today? Shit, right. You know, and so I kind of just, some people say you shouldn't think of the world that way. That's just kind of how I was raised. My parents taught us to think in that way. And so that's benefited me. Um, always just think about your situation and then know that there's somebody who would kill to be in your shoes. So Even true. on your worst day, there's someone who would say, I would trade places with Tyler in a minute. I'd, I'd love to have that real estate headache that you have, right? <laughs> you know, and when you think about life like that, you really realize that you're blessed and that you've got to just take, you know, take advantage of the opportunities that you have. You know, it, it, this just reminded me of a quick uh, story. I was uh, in South Florida this past weekend and we mm -hmm. were near the beach. And I remember this beautiful private jet flies overhead. And I'm, I remember <laughs> thinking this, I'm, I'm sitting there I'm like, man, it's a gorgeous day. There's a lot of people outside. And I remember thinking, I wonder if there's someone up there looking down and saying, I wish I was on that beach. And wow. many of the people looking up and saying, wow, I wish I was in that private jet. You know, it's just really, I never really thought about it like that. I never, never thought about it like that. Because a couple of weeks ago, I saw a G7 flying, landed over here into the uh, private airport in Nashville. And I was like, man, I'd kill to be on that plane. But they were probably <laughs> thinking the same thing. I don't want to go to this meeting. I'm missing my kid's birthday or something. Who knows? Right, right. Yeah. And, and so the compassion just really comes full circle now. It's giving compassion to yourself as well and saying, look, yeah. you know, there's yeah. so many people out there who may kill to be in my position or, you know, not obviously theoretically, but man, yeah. amazing, amazing. Isaac, what is the biggest way that you elevate others around you besides what we've already talked about today? You know, I think the best thing that I do for people is to help them figure out how they can be their best self, period. Because um, I'm always trying to do that from, for me. My phone rings a lot and I have a lot of people that reach out in my personal social network because I've become like this resource for folks to help them figure out challenges. And everybody knows if you call Isaac, the conversation is going to be about what are you trying to do and how can I help you figure that out? So I want everybody around me to realize their full potential and go after it. And I encourage it. I support it. I think that's the, the thing that I do most, probably the thing I do best. Man, Isaac, I just want to acknowledge you because you have a heart of gold, my friend, you have a heart <laughs> that is endlessly giving. And I'm just so excited about, you know, many years of friendship together. And so I'm so excited about sure. where you're going to go, the people that you're going to impact and the people that you're going to inspire. I can tell you today, you've inspired thousands of people and I'm just so grateful for this time together. Is there any parting thoughts or words of wisdom that you share with Elevate Nation today? You know, first, I want to acknowledge you, Tyler, for this platform and for giving me a space to use my voice and, and to thank you for spreading these types of messages. It's, it's very important work, whether you realize it or not. So thank you for that. For anybody out there who is going through a tough time, just know that this too shall pass and that the life that you're destined to live, the life that you deserve is on the other side of that struggle. It's on the other side of that fear, but you got to keep going and you got to know that whatever you're experiencing right now is just temporary. And truthfully, what you're experiencing right now is, is supposed to prepare you for what's to come. That was a lesson I had to learn through my 30s, and I figured it out. All these struggles are because of something great coming, 
and I needed to develop these struggle muscles <laughs> to be able to thrive in whatever's coming. So you're going through it. I know it because it's a tough time. It's a tough world right now. I'm going through it too, but you're going to get through it. You're going to endure. Your life is going to be better. Your family's going to be better. Just keep going. My goodness, I could not add anything better to that, my friend. That is incredible. <laughs> You're an incredible person, Isaac. Tell the listeners how they can learn more about you and what you do. Yeah, sure. You know, my website, Isaac, I-S-A-A-C, Adai, A-D-D-A-E.com. You can find out about everything I have going on my mailing list, read about what work I got going on. On social media, it's Y-A-O, my middle name, Adai, A-D-D-A-E, all social media platforms, I spend the most time on LinkedIn, but I'm on others as well. So follow, keep up with what's going on. Isaac Adai, the superstar right in front of us, everybody. <laughs> if you're watching, if you're listening, I want to thank you so much for tuning in. I want to encourage you to re-listen to the show because there is so much here that you can apply immediately to make a massive impact, not only in your life, but on so many other people around you and, and really in the world in general. And I just, man, I just, this, this is one that is so important. And so I just want to encourage you to re-listen. I want to encourage you to jot down, what are your top three takeaways? What are the top three things that really resonate with you? And how can you apply those to your life, to your business and to the way that you treat other people? And I also want to encourage you to share this with a friend because it's all about paying it forward. It's all about yeah. really making that domino knock down the next domino so that we can really make a positive change in our world. And I want to encourage you most importantly to take massive action on what you learned today. Elevate Nation, thank you so much for tuning in. Isaac, really, really appreciate you being on the show today. Thank you. Appreciate it. Looking forward to it. Absolutely. Elevate Nation, we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Elevate. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and pay it forward by sharing with a friend. Most importantly, take this opportunity to elevate your results by taking immediate action on what you learned. For more, visit elevatepod.com.